This is the Intelligent Human Voice Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Pat Man, from the Bay to LA and beyond. People, I'm having a wonderful, wonderful morning. Someone's saying, what? What's going on? What's happening, man? You're having such a wonderful morning. Well, I fell asleep to listening to Reverend Ike, which led to listening to Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, and other uh, motivational speakers. Uh, There's this podcast, I think his name is Eric Saxton, I should have wrote it down. Well, I can go back in and while I'm doing the podcast and share the name with you. But I, uh, I woke up just renewed, if that's the word I want to use, renewed and refreshed for, for, for some of those motivational speaks, speaking to my subconscious. And, and so I woke up, you know, because they, they talk about this stuff and, uh, uh, Reverend Knight calls it um, uh, psychology, mental psychology, mind power, using your own power to influence yourself. And when these messages come through, you just you just got you got a hook. It's hook, line, and sinker. So I wake up and 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 the speaker the motivational speakers is just going on and on like one after the other and so i didn't i i was i kind of slept but i found myself like turning over on my back and just digesting it all because you know life has been tough for me it's been tough but when hasn't when the thought that i woke up to was when hasn't it been tough no sooner than I have this thought, <laughs> Jim Rohn comes on the uh, the list. Uh, Spotify, I've been listening to Spotify um, the whole night. All these motivational speakers. So Jim Rohn is coming up next, and Jim Rohn talks about winters. How you know winters aren't forever. I think that was the title. Winters aren't forever. Did I write it down? Yeah, yeah. Winters don't last forever. And if you're familiar with Jim Rohn, he was the uh, motivational speaker. Uh, he, he built the company Herbalife um, Network Marketing. Even if you're not in the network marketing, to hear his story and how he motivates is just a treat. So I sent that to a few people as well. So I'm, I'm listening to his and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I've... <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Winners don't lie. And I've heard his speech before, but he's, he was, you have to hear some things again and again for it to actually sink in at the right time. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking back, I'm going back as far as, um, let's say October, or let's say, actually, no, I went back to my birthday because my birthday is coming up September 6th. So I'm thinking about, you know, what I experienced on my birthday last year, which was, it was, it was absolutely terrible, by the way. It was, it was, it was the worst. It was by far the worst thing. I think I felt like I was living in a, a nightmare. (laughs) It was a nightmare. 
it was a nightmare for me because here I am. I've been successful in my life. I've made a lot of money in my life. I've lost a lot of things. It's just a tug and pull, pull and tug back and forth. Gain some, you lose some. You gain some, you lose some. And it's just been this momentum the whole time. And and so I remember rolling over and my mom was on the phone and she had been talking up a storm all morning and I heard my name a couple of times. I heard some things I probably shouldn't have heard. And I roll over and she's still on the phone and she's like, oh, hold on, hold on. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. She sings happy birthday. I was like, thank you very much. And, uh, and she gets back on the phone, you know, back to talking to her friend on the phone. It's like, I had a thought to myself. I said, you know what? From this day forth, my life is going to move forward. I had that conscious thought. I remember it vividly. One, because I turned 50 last year. And it was, I envisioned this, this momentous, monumentous occasion of turning 50. And here I am on my mother's sofa. You know, homeless, still out looking for places, still waiting for the interviews, but I'm in school. So, you know, but we're in the middle of this pandemic, winter, winter, storms, winter, pandemic, people getting sick, people dying, people, my friends dying in my family, family members dying, all this stuff going on. And, uh. But it was, it was a light bulb because again, I was listening to motivational speakings. I had my earphones on, I would fall asleep with my earphones on and I'm just feeding my subconscious to motivate me to get out of this rut. And uh, I just kind of navigated throughout the day to try to try to get a feel for, you know, what I wanted in my life because I reached this point, this pivotal point in my life. I'm like, wow, I made it to 50. This is crazy. I didn't think I would make it to 16. That's real talk. I mean, I grew up in Oakland, California. It was, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't as peachy as some may make it to be, but how do you know when you're not going through a terrible situation as a kid? You just live in life as it's evolving. So you don't put titles on things until you get older. And you go, huh? Oh, yeah, I remember that happened to me. That was crazy. Okay, yeah, but I went through it. I experienced it. I got through it. Done. Had a winter. So as I'm listening to these motivational speakings and, you know, the winter, how uh, Jim Rohn talks about there's going to be winters, but after winter comes spring. <laughs> you know, after spring comes the summer, after summer comes the fall, <laughs> you know, and it goes, it just keeps going over and over. He's like, we're going to have winters. We're going to have bad times. We're going to have good times. He's like, but we've, we've gotten through winters before. And he's absolutely right. I've, I've every, I've had so many 
barriers in my life, but I've always been resistant and resilient to break through them. But I haven't done it alone. And that was, that's the, that's the thing I came to realization. When I thought back when, you know, of these winters happening in my life, I thought back as far back as, um, you know, coming into being a teenager. Now for me, that was probably the worst winters of them all, you know, turning 13, going into, going through junior high into high school and all this stuff, all this stuff just happening. It was like a, it was like a Wizard of Oz type thing, you know, sprawling out of control and life and death and uh, money problems with the family and tension and anger and cursing and fussing. And if you could just imagine and I was incredibly stressed out, but I didn't know what stress was because I was so used to feeling that way. You know, low down, low blows, you know, uh, uh, moms yelling and screaming and, and there's all this cussing. And it's like, what happened to the the perky church people were supposed to be? I mean, what where's, what is all this? So if you can imagine, it was very confusing for me. It was very confusing for all of us, you know, all my brothers, mostly my brothers. My sisters, um, you know, they were off doing their thing, except my other sister, actually. She stuck around my mother, like, way too much. Moms had to kick her out. (laughs) You got to go. She was having children, still having children, uh, continuing the cycle of having a child while you're living under your mother's roof past the age of 19 and 18. Why are you having children in your mother's house? In a which is not even a house, it's an apartment. Just continuing the rat race, continuing the the, the curse. So as a child, I'm looking at this and I'm going to myself, I'm just shaking my head like, won't be me. Oh, no, no, no. That's been my mantra all my life. Won't be me. That will not be me. I will not continue the nonsense that has plagued the family ties. So I'm going back to being a teen and I'm thinking about all these crazy winters, all this stuff that's happening in my life, you know. Uh, 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 teenage friends getting killed, uh, shootings in the school, uh, uh, back-to-back deaths, you know, in in one whole uh, scenario, just to give you, and I'm going to move forward on this, just to give you a a briefing of of what I experienced between 12 and, you know, by the time I reached 16. Uh, I think it was, I, I lost track because I, I just couldn't process what was happening because crack had hit the Bay Area. You know, drugs was a big deal. It was, it was a big don't say, you know, just say no to drugs movement going on, but there was plenty of it. Violence, guns. So a lot of my friends or classmates were dying, getting killed, murdered on the streets. 
And what's worse, my brother was out there in the streets, out there in the mix too, just creating all this anxiety and stress. And I'm like, oh, this is too much, too much. On top of that, we had experienced the death of, you know, it was right going into the winter months. <laughs> Actually, you know, every, it seems like every death in the family had happened around the winter months. That's why I get a little anxious and kind of uh, to myself during the winter months. And it was because of this. this, this had happened earlier on in my life. And it was dark and cloudy and it was always gloom. It was gloom. We went to the funeral for my grandfather. It was a gloomy day. My, when my grandmother died, it was a gloomy day. It was just gloom. And, and, and we were indoors. I, I would have rather had been at a park. But back to back, back to back. Because my grandmother died. Then uh, uh, my grandfather died the following year. The following year. He died that same weekend my grandfather died our pastor died which was my mom's pastor growing up and her father so that's double whammy for her my father's not around he two years prior to all this he dumps on me and my brother oh, I'm not your dad oh, get out of my life blah, blah blah type of thing school so we got school we got deaths in the family we got you know, puberty. <laughs> I think I end up getting chicken pox. Like the first person to get chicken pox, I didn't even know it. So I have a scar from it. Um, it was just all this stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to remember. I was trying to remember this morning. I was like, how did I pull myself out of that? What happened? What happened is... When I turned 16, I was building up to turning 16 because up until that point, I didn't have my own money and I was trying everything to make money. You know how they say, oh, start a lemonade stand. Well, if you, in order to start a lemonade stand, you gotta, you know, gotta have sugar. Now, lemons weren't a problem because there were lemon trees all over the place, you know. We had one right, you know, next to our apartments and the apartment next to us, there was a big lemon tree. But there was a problem with sugar, you know. Mother screamed about anything. Don't leave, don't mess with that sugar. Don't do this. Don't do that. It was always don't all this fear and don't do this and don't do that. Giving no alternatives. So I tried everything, you know. Just going to people's homes, asking if they want me to cut the grass, but it's like, how do you go to someone's home to which that's like your classmate or somebody you at school with and they should be cutting the grass, yet you over their house cutting their grandmother's grass while their grandmother's paying you. It just put me in an awkward situation. And that's, I'm, I'm explaining that as I was out there trying to make legitimate money by doing things like helping the neighborhood out or cutting the grass or helping in the garden or moving some stuff around in your house. That was me. I was that kid, you know, just trying to do anything so I don't have to ask my mother for money because she's going to yell and scream at me for a dollar. I just need a dollar for food or I need a dollar for lunch. So I couldn't wait to start working. So I would do this. I would do this. And, um, the, uh, 
the neighbors in the in the neighborhood would pay me, Mr. Vic, Miss Clayton, um, whoever, whoever. And uh, but my brother, he was a hustler. He was the guy out there. He was he. I remember, and this was all before sixteen, turned sixteen. He 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 always. It's interesting how when I think about it, some of the most mischievous kids would always find each other. Turns out years later, as I'm hanging out with one of my boys, there's this character that start coming around. And I'm like, wait, man, I know this guy. I, I know this guy. I, mean, I knew this guy when I was like 13 or 14. He was, out, he was hanging out with my brother. So what happened, my brother met this cat with a white van <laughs> remember at the time he was like stay away from white white vans kids you know you know they might be trying to sell drugs or try to lure you selling drugs it was all the public announcement television programs that would happen so he finds this guy with a white van and the guy comes in to talk to my mom because this dude is luring young black kids into selling candy him he's got a hustle it's a hustle and we're selling candy for the what was it called the city of youth or children's it wasn't children's hospital because we lived right across from children's hospital so i forget what it's called but it was some some organization i'd never heard of so we were to sell candy and he came in to talk to my mom because my brother was like oh yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and I'm looking at him like, dude, or I'm looking at my mom and it's peer pressure because here's the thing. My brother's not going to let my brother do it unless I do it as well. Like, like we, I got to be, make sure everything is good. But I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm not the hustler like that. I'm not knocking on people's doors in, in rich neighborhoods or these big house neighborhoods begging them to buy candy and I'm not I'm not that guy my brother though and this other guy dude they were pros at it they come back sold the whole box sold the whole box of candy you know they're running out of apartment buildings because you know this guy would drop us off and we would get into buildings and it was you know no soliciting signs but these kids didn't care and I was I was a kid like just nervous like dude we gotta get out of here you know security going you know, kick us out and people don't call the police. We just got, it's like, dude, calm down. We, we're good. We're going to make it just, you know, tell them, you know, you're here from the city of, city of hope. That was, that's what it was called. The city of hope. So it was a hustle, but my brother was making money. Him and these other guys was making money. They was hustling. They were, they were good at lying. They knew it was a story. They knew, you know, what they were doing, but they were like, look, you know, where else am I going to get money? This guy is hustling. We're hustling selling candy they're gonna buy candy somewhere they might as well buy candy from some young black kids i i got it but i just didn't i wasn't i wasn't a hustler i've never been a hustler you know i until this day I'm, i can't hustle people you know if it's a great product and i've used it before i'm gonna say hey i get a percentage off of this because i've used it before and i'm sharing it with you great i'm good with that but trying to hustle people into cohorting them into buying something that's not true or or representing something that's not true i don't know so we had a whole script and everything anyway so we went through 
a series of of that between uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, leading up to the age for me to legally work. And I was just, I mean, it just took, it just seemed like it just took so long. <laughs> it just took so long. Dealing with what had happened, what was happening in my life, you know, uh, the family was just destroyed and distraught all over the place. There was so much going on, it was ridiculous. Um, but when I, when I got that job, fast food restaurant in Berkeley, and a buddy was like, yeah, dude, just come on through. Yeah, we get you, get, you start working immediately. Tell them, you know, I work there, so just tell them, you know, you who you are and you're looking for a job. Now, here's the thing about the first gig, and this is what I want to get to. Where I, where I transformed out of my childhood and teenhood traumatic and dramatic uh, environment because I, I when I when I took a look around there wasn't anyone around me as an adult that was doing anything worthwhile to inspire me to be motivated to be somebody or do something with my life you know, teachers would ask me what do you want I was like I don't know I, don't, I never, never gave it any thought. I mean, other than, you know, trying to be a singer or actor or, you know, because we grew up watching television. I mean, I, mean, I guess I want to be an actor or a singer or something like that. I, I don't know. There was no one around me to inspire me to go, you know, oh, what, I'm going to be a preacher? I don't want to be a preacher. No. That guy's not making enough money. <laughs> you got, like Reverend Ike said, you got to have the money. You can't do nothing without the money. It's not it's not the whole thing about the money. It's what money can do for you. And my my grandfather was a poor minister. <laughs> he couldn't rile people up. It's true. He he didn't have the he didn't he didn't have the Reverend Ike in him. He didn't have the controversy. He didn't have the boom. He was actually against money. Oh, we're poor, we're unworthy. That's how my family was. Oh, we're unworthy. Uh, we're gonna praise this 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 white Jesus on the wall with the blue eyes because we're unworthy. He died for us and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? So this is what I'm growing up with. All kind of mixed stuff going on. Thank God for Reverend Ike. If I had discovered Reverend Reverend Ike versus listening to my grandfather all those years, whole, entirely different person we'd be talking right now, scenario situations, whole nine. But I've, I've heard Reverend Ike for the time that I needed to hear Reverend Ike, which is right now. So prior to getting this job, I, I started setting little mini goals on, on what I wanted to do because originally I didn't want to work at the fast food restaurant. I didn't want to work there because one, I, I, I have friends there and then all the other school kids would come and they think you're supposed to give them stuff for free. I'm not giving you anything for free, fool. This is my job. Get a job, Mookie. <laughs> I couldn't believe how many people didn't want to work. 
It's like, dude, are you, you you're 16, right? Dude, you get a job. Fill out an application like I did. I got a job. <laughs> I actually work while I'm in school. I actually get credit for my last two classes. You know, I'm learning business at 16. I'm learning how to talk to people, transaction. And I was I was shy, but I had to break out of that. And if I wanted to make some money, I had to break out of everything. I had to forget anything and everything and become this new person. And that's where Pat Man came in. That's where that name came from. I um so in my in my fast food position and you know fast food restaurant position, I'm a young kid, 16, and Remember, I'm, I'm just, I need to work. You tell me what I need to do. You know, you're providing a training, tell me what I need to do. And just, just make sure there's some consistency in my check though, because you know, don't play with my hours. Don't, don't play around and we're gonna be good. I'm gonna give you exactly what you want. That's actually a conversation I had with one of the managers. I said, hey man, just make sure the money is right. I say, whatever you need, I'm your guy. I'm a, I'm a, we're going to do this. So I show and prove. Three months in, they're giving, the managers are gathering. Hey, Pat, we want to talk to you for a minute. Oh, what's going on? Oh, we, we just wanted to present you with this uh, gift certificate for $50. Um, and um, no, it wasn't gift certificate. It was actually money. It was something of fifty dollars, fifty dollars or a hundred dollars cash. So it was a hundred dollars cash. It was a plaque with my name on it, employee of the month. They took my picture. I got my name on a on a placard right at the beginning of the when you walk come into the restaurant. I'm like, what is this? He's like, dude, employee of the month. You, you're doing stellar work. Here I am going, man, I just, well, thank you. I didn't know the perks are coming with being employee of the month because all I'm, I'm coming in there with the energy just to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want my own money. I want to make my own money. I've, I've been through hell and back. I've been through so many winters and no one knows about what, what has happened at, at 16. No one you know, no one knows what's what I've gone through in my life at that point or what I'm going through because my brother's still out there wreaking havoc on the streets of Oakland while I'm working and nonsense is going on in apartments in uh, where my mom, where I grew up. But I'm excelling at a very fast rate. Three months in, they give me all this stuff. I was like, wow. And all the guys is working there kind of looking like they've been there for years, maybe years or months, and they had never made their names. And there was talk and all this buzz. Dang, man, you you came in. I was like, yeah, because I'm, I'm fired up. Because I asked the manager, I said, look, this is what I said. This is what I said to him when, they, when I first started. I said, um, look, I, I love the cook and I prefer to just, you know, not deal with people because I wasn't comfortable with, I was shy and I was, you know, girls were jocking, <laughs> but I was, I was too shy to even talk. And I've been going through a lot of stuff. So girls were just, just far from my, 
my reaches in my mind. Plus, I, I don't want to make no babies, you know, at 16. You just don't want to do that. So I, I got those pressures in my life. But I, I'm thinking to myself, no, man, I just want to stay focused. Um, you know, cooking is no big deal for me. I got that done. Uh, but if you can show favor to have when you when you guys schedule me if I could just be in the back and run the whole operation like that I'm good but if you need me on the front I'm, I'm your guy it's like excellent attitude Pat love that so often I'm running the whole back operation food operation done you know calling the burgers training other people how to do stuff but I wasn't the manager so after became employee of the month um you know, three months go in and I'm kind of bored. I'm like, oh, you know, this is all good and dandy, you know, placards and names and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, I got I got to have a little more, you know, since I'm doing managerial work. Let's let's just, you know, move into the manager thing. And they're they're kind of I get the consensus that, oh, well, you got to be 18 and blah, blah. It's like, what does age have to do with anything? I mean, <laughs> What does age have to do with anything? You you guys just gave me a placard. You gave me money. You gave me, um, you know, I, I think I got like free meals for like a month or something like that. But we got our meals free anyway. It was it was some more stuff. It was a great little package. I was happy. But um, I'm like, well, let, let's get trained. Well, you got to be 18. And, you know, they were saying to, to the university, we have a university that teaches you, you know, the to run your own franchise and I'm thinking to myself well I don't know about all that <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to Big Mac University um I don't know if that's for me but um oh uh, okay yeah yeah that's that's too far off because he's talking about now here's the thing it wasn't too far off because I was only in 11th grade but it meant another year of what I had already accomplished. And I just didn't foresee myself working in a fast food restaurant. Although I was there for the experience. And if he had said, we can start your training today, I may have been owning my own McDonald's or who knows what could have happened. But I had my eyes set on a bigger prize. And that prize was working in fashion. I love fashion. I've always loved fashion. My my grandmother's side, my father's side of the family loves fashion. They would always dress up. You know, my mother, my grandmother actually made her own clothes. You know, she'd make her own clothes. Real, real good with the eyesight with, with clothes and fashion. So I love, so I actually went to, and you may have heard this story on one of the podcasts. Before I went to my buddy about working at McDonald's he says uh, he says to me um, no I said dude I want to work at I want to work somewhere else I want to work in fast food I, I can't see myself working flipping burgers you know I just don't want to flip burgers it's a job it's cool whatever but I have my eyes set on Miller's Outpost Miller's Outpost is now where uh, I think Amiibo Records is in Berkeley and right across the street was a Mrs. Fields. So I worked in that Mills outpost. But here's the thing. I went there first. 
I went there first, filled out an application, and I was turned away. I was turned away by a sister. Sister, a sister turned me down. I'm like, sister, young brother trying to get a job. Give me a job. Um, she's like, nah, you don't have any experience. We're really hiring people experience. Long story short, um, I end up coming back. So I'm at McDonald's for about, about a year and a half. It's the following, following years coming September of high, uh, 12th grade. So... Yeah, so the following, yeah, so at that point, I go back to Miller's Outpost, fill out an application, actually talk to the manager that day. Never forget it. It was, um, she was uh, Chinese. Yeah, Chinese, but she spoke. I mean, she she had to be born here, born here, because she had no accent or anything. She's like, oh, great, yeah, you know, this looks good. Um, oh, you worked at you worked at McDonald's for a year, you know? Okay, all right, cool. Um, yeah, would love to have you on board. And um, I said, yeah, I'd be happy. I said, I actually came here first a year ago. You know, I was looking to work here, and she's like, oh, really? She said, I was here ago, a year ago. I've been here for about five years. She's like, I said, yeah. Well, they told me I couldn't. Um, they weren't hired. They wouldn't, couldn't hire me because I had no experience. She's like, what? No, that's not true. I was like, yeah, it was a black woman. He, she told me, <laughs> she's like, black woman. And as soon as I said, this lady comes out the back employee area. I was like, there she is right there. That's That lady right there told me. She said, I could not, she couldn't hire me because I had experience. I had to go flip burgers. It's like, oh my God. And of course the lady denied it. She's like, oh, I don't remember that. I'm like, oh yeah, it was you. So anyway, that's how I emerged through a lot of the darkness. I found, you know, I found comfort in working and making my own money. But at the same time, I was building, I was building. I didn't know that I was creating these building blocks for communication and business at a very early age. Because no one else, not a lot of my friends were not working. I was making my own money. And I, I think a lot of people thought I was rich. And I, because I kept to myself. I'm like, no, I, I live in those apartments right there. How can I be rich? Because um, everyone had to pass going to school. Now, people had to pass my house, whether they were, or pass our apartments. No matter what direction they were going in. And, um... Like, no, I'm working. I work for my money. But in what happened, <coughs> after being there like six months in, you know, I got in real good with the managers. They were real cool. A lot of guys are getting fired, you know, for giving away, trying to give their friends food, you know, free food. I wasn't the one for that. I was like, dude, get a job. Get a job, Mookie. I'm not giving you anything. I give you food and I get fired? Yeah, what's, how does that sound? So guys are getting fired for stealing, uh, money, uh, taking burgers, frozen patties, just all kind of ignorant stuff. And I'm sitting there going, wow. 
So by the time I was leaving, or prior to that, I just established a really great relationship with the managers because I, I led them to believe that I could stick around past, you know, till I'm 18. But that would have meant I had I would have been there a whole nother school year uh, before I could even be a manager. I would have to be there another September. So I wasn't looking to do that. So we 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 had a great relationship. So one day I lose my name tag. Uh, which said Patrick on it, um, McDonald's on the top, it said Patrick, and um, I lose it, so I go to Hing, I think his name is Ming, I was like, what's up, Ming, now Ming was cool, now, Ming was uh, Asian cat, Chinese cat, he's, you know, his, his, his accent was thick too, but he was, he was hilarious, and he was funny, and he was cool, you know, he worked with all the brothers, and we would, what's up, Ming, what's up, Hing, and What's up, man? What's happening, man? He would always say man like he was being cool. And because he thought, you know, that's how we talk, you know, brothers talk. So he's like, what's up, man? How's it going, man? And he'd be laughing. And when he get the laughing, it was like, like it was it was scary to see this dude laugh sometimes. But I would have him cracking up on things. Cause we have cap sessions going on, and he would just kind of sit. Because he knew we could get our work done and we could crack jokes at the same time and he would laugh. So he didn't, he didn't bother with that. So anyway, I lose my name tag. I say, hey, man, I'm going to need a new name tag. He's like, oh, man. All right, $10, man. I say, I ain't paying you no $10, man. You better give me a name tag. He's like, all right, man. He started laughing because he was joking. So he, when he prints out the name tag, it says Pat Man. I said, Dude, and I look, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Pat Man, I'm keeping this. You thought it was a joke. You probably didn't think I was gonna keep it, huh? I'm keeping this. So, you know, when I go to the front, you know, people see my name tag and I go to the front cashiers. Is that your real name, Pat Man? That's what it says, right? It's Pat Man. That's what it says on the name tag. Pat Man. No one said anything. None of the managers, nobody. Nobody main thought it was great. Everybody just started calling me Pat Man. And uh, that's the origin of it. But, you know, it was, it was, that was the beginnings. That was the beginnings for me getting out of my winter, my very harsh winters. And not knowing that there was, it was just beginning. It was just beginning. Because from that point, I just, you know, there, there had been a lot of winters. And I was just learning to by myself and through the through the power of God in my life you know if, if I wasn't introduced to religion and God early in life I'm not sure where I would be because I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have what I have now to even talk on this podcast to, to, to the life I have to, to the life I created you know, becoming a, a, a voiceover artist. Uh, I got all this music that I've created. That's originally what started this morning's podcast because after listening to Doc, uh, Reverend Ike and just getting fired up about things and I talked to another friend and they're saying that their, their kid is like 19 and 
like 19 you have a kid that's 19 of course you do because it's been 20 years what because I have no children I'm not married but I've, I've, I've lived a great life and I've done things but I don't the only thing that I can trace time to are things that I've done in my path and which is the music so I'm looking at CDs and listening to music last night. There are songs that I totally forgot that I that I created or was uh, part of. Over 20-something songs, like over 30, at least 35 songs I've created solid. I create not in the last 20 years. This was before. This was like from 95 to, to the year 2000. I think 2002 I worked with other producers throughout Oakland I worked with at least three or four producers throughout Oakland where we created all these songs so I went to LA with music you know I didn't go there to try to that's a whole nother story I'll go into later but listen to you know all this music I've done I was like well I've, I've, I've done everything I've wanted to do what do I want to do now? I'm doing it. I'm doing a voiceover podcast. I'm getting this bakery up and running very soon. <laughs> very soon. Got to get it soon. So I've, I've always done everything that I've envisioned to do. I heard a motivational speaker the other day say, um, no, he's not a motivational speaker. He's a, he's a writer, uh, Reggie Hudlin. He's a big producer, director of a lot of awesome uh, African-American and black films. But he had an opportunity to invest in Static Shock. Static Shock is like a really cool DC um, comic book hero that was created by um, this uh, black media group that's representing black comics. He was talking about that, how he had opportunity to um, partake into something early on, but he felt like he was doing one thing and he had to concentrate on that. When he said that that was the wrong thinking, I just threw my hands up. I threw my hands up because he then goes to say, no, that was the wrong thinking. You know, you can do multiple things. I thought I had to concentrate on one thing and just manifest and manifest. No, I can do multiple things. If I can do that one thing, great. Let's go on to the next thing, you know, because you already got that running. It's it's going to run like a weld oil, oil machine. So let's get on to something else. That had been my philosophy about what I was doing in life, period. To everyone else, it might have seemed like I was doing all these things, but I knew exactly what I was doing. You know, I had to master these different talents. I had to master the art of singing. I had to master the art of producing. I had to master the art of uh, graphic design. I had to master the art of running a operation, a multi-million dollar operation. I had to master all these skills in order to get to where I need to go moving forward. I didn't go into anyone's college to learn what I've learned, to get what I've gotten this this far. No, I had to learn these things. I had to manifest them. I had to 
had to dig deep. I had to go deep. <laughs> Way deep. And I had to stay positive throughout my entire life to have get, gotten to this point. And it wasn't until the harsh, the more harsh winters, it seemed like my winters just got rougher and rougher every year from, from, the, from the time I was 13 years old. It just seems like my winters have just been the harshest winters. But here's the thing, I always came out. And when I came out, flying on top, on top of the world, big time. Every single time. This has happened like maybe every 10 years. Every 10 years, there's a harsh storm that comes through and just throws me off, you know. And what Jim Rome says about those storms, you know, everybody, we all have the storms, you know. You just got to figure out how to, you know, if you're in a boat, you, you just got to figure out how to set a better sail. How to get through that winter months. Knowing you can't get into panic mode. You got to know that. After winter comes spring. After spring comes summer. After summer comes fall. And in the times and the seasons that is 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 the best that works for you the best. Because here winter is coming again. Winter. I I can't be stuck in winter mode going into winter again. I can't. I that's something I cannot do. It cannot happen. So, yeah. Hey, people, this was good. This was awesome. I want to give a shout out to Yoshi. Um, she was also a part of the event that I went to last weekend. I was sharing with you guys the Japanese ritual of honoring uh, past ancestors. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast on Yoshi because there was a, if you don't know about Yoshi's, it's a, it's, it's a, like a renowned jazz spot in San Francisco and Oakland. I think there's, I think it's in San Francisco, but I don't have anything up on my screen right now, but, um, just kind of centralized the jazz scene on a level of awesomeness and I'm a huge I'm a jazz artist so I, I love live jazz I haven't gone and sat in a session in quite a while um, I'm putting that on my list of to-dos because um, live music is is a healing it's a healing vibration unlike anything else like the vo- the sound of my voice great but music Music is the ultimate vibration. That's a vibration you want to heal to. It gets you through anything. You have to watch what kind of, you know, I I said music, by the way, not lyrics. I listen to a lot of music because I'm a songwriter. I actually listen to a lot of instrumentals uh, when I'm studying or whatnot. I have to listen to stuff that doesn't have words, that do not include words. So, all right, people. So, I'm out of here. I got stuff to do. I got things to do. I hope you have a blessed day. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm, I didn't mean to go 47 minutes, but I had to share this energy because uh, Reverend Ike got me fired up. Jim Rohn's got me fired up. 
all these motivational speakers have me fired up on another level and I have a deadline I need to reach. Um, so the things that I'm doing into this weekend um, are manifesting itself to the next level of um, what I need to do in my life. So if this is your first time. I hope it's not your last time. This is the Intelligent Human Voice Podcast Network. From the Bay to LA and beyond, have a blessed day, have a peaceful journey, and enjoy your life in the now as winter is right around the corner, but you can burn through the winter because spring is right around the corner as well. That makes any sense anyway. Find Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, the way he explains it, is amazing. He's an awesome motivational speaker. God bless him. Rest in peace. Um, and uh, have a great day. All right. Peace.